From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Mayor Theresa Harding responds to the recent media storm over actions of former Councillor David Palkey, who was in the public gallery last April. And later in the episode, David Palkey takes ownership of his hand gesture and explains what was happening at the time. Also on the show, highlights from Ipswich City Council's July meeting and Nicole Jonick's resignation from four committees earlier this month. With the election only months away, will Theresa Harding run for a second term? It's Friday, July 28, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, Alan. Mayor, since we last spoke, headlines are still being made from the April 27 meeting of council. Now, that's the one where there was 25 minutes of discussion about names of former councillors appearing on replacement information signs. Councillors ultimately voted to retain the names. You were the only one that voted against. And all this was happening while David Palkey was in the public gallery. And you did go in pretty hard, talking about it being inappropriate and vain. And this was about the moment that Palkey made his hand gestures. How was this found some three or four months later? And is it the kind of image we really want on TV and in the papers as a city? I was obviously speaking to the notice of motion at the time, so I didn't see Mr Palkey's hand gesture in person. However, the footage was actually brought to my attention by a concerned resident, I think the Thursday or the Friday before the, the media found out. When I was told it on the Thursday or the Friday, I didn't check I didn't believe it, actually. I didn't check till the Sunday night uh, at the footage. And I was really shocked to see Mr Palka using his hands to mimic cocking a gun and to shoot at me. Um, now, I did say hello to Mr Palka on my way into the meeting and he turned his back on me. And just so you know that after the meeting, I went up to him to chat to him and he completely ignored me. So, look, Mr Palka can put whatever name he likes to his hand gesture but the footage is publicly available and it's pretty clear what he's doing. And, Alan, look, I make no apologies for calling out the bad behaviour of dismissed councillors. I've done so throughout the term and I'll continue to do so in the future um, if needed. You told Ipswich News Today editor Cameron Thompson that you referred the matter to the CEO for further investigation. Has anything happened and what will or what do you want to happen? Yes, I did write to the CEO that same week, um, asking her to investigate, to look at it. She hasn't come back to me yet. But I think it's really uh, important for both residents and investors to have trust and confidence in the good governance of this council. And I know that um, I won't tolerate the poor judgment um, uh, and behaviour of the previous administration. And I've received um, so much support and feedback, Alan, from the community since this footage has come to light. Um, people have come forward to me with their own stories about Mr Palkey. And I'm not surprised to see that the usual supporters of Basali and the previous council jumped to Mr Palkey's defence um, in trying to shame me into having real concerns about this really bad behaviour. And, Alan, since this footage, I have learnt that Mr Palkey has been identified by the state government as a vexatious and frivolous complainant against me. And also, even more shockingly, watching the, the footage on, on Channel 9, was that um, he called me evil, effing evil. So I want to apologise uh, for that dreadful behaviour. And I'm not sure if any woman 
would not have some level of concern in the response to that bizarre behaviour. It's just dreadful, shocking, disgusting behaviour. Let's move on to the July Council meeting from the Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee report. The hotel and accommodation strategy, which is focused on increasing the amount of short-term accommodation, there was some further discussion about whether to include residential or not during the Council meeting. What are you wanting to achieve with this and why? Look, we really need to address the significant undersupply of short-term and hotel accommodation at Ipswich. Um, we've discussed it for some time in council, and I really felt that like there should be something done about it. There's been a lot of discussion and, and chatter, and I think this piece of work was well overdue, particularly in light of the opportunities that we'll have leading up to the 2032 Games, but other events um, that were coming to Ipswich as well. So that's why I brought forward this notice of motion, and I, I strongly believe that the answer to the challenges lie with the development industry. So we need to be, you know, really successful at pulling those those good planning levers and incentives um, and settings to make sure that we, um, you know, attract really good development here. At one point, we were attracting developers to build hotel accommodation. I used the example of the, the building that was erected in uh, South Street, which is now an aged care facility. Mm. So how do you reverse that trend if the development industry is not super keen? Mm. Look, the feedback we're getting from the development industry at this stage is that they're not ready for it yet, but that doesn't mean we can't work on attracting that so we can pounce on those opportunities when they come on. We do show uh, potential investors through um, regularly and we work with every single one of them, but I am looking at how we can do other things. We've already um, decided with our um, in our budget that we would, you know, waiver fees for, for certain developments as well. So, and also we've... Um, um, brought out our shop top living initiative as well for the CBD. So look, we'll continue to do that, but I think there's a lot more that council can do to attract, you know, really great offerings. From the Governance and Transparency Report, the regular report from the Queensland Audit Office can sometimes have a few uh, barbs in it, but this one appears to be a fair report with no significant deficiencies. How do you view it? Oh, Alan, look, the council has recorded its strongest result in almost a decade following you know, that independent assessment by QAO. Um, the way that council manages its people, its systems and processes to deliver the financial reporting um, is, is its highest rating since 2015. So I think it's great recognition of the council's determination to act within, to, to act transparently and with integrity. And just, we have a real strong belief that effective governance will lead to better outcomes for our community. So look, really pleased to, to see um, the results from our council. And I'm pleased to see that our council Officers are also um, continuing to work really hard to get really good results for our community. There was one major whoopsie with a wrong number published <laughs> for a contract on Council's website. I guess we all make one mistake and we can see how that's happened and the officers have very clearly owned up and uh, corrected that problem. The QAO report itself was locked as confidential for the committee meeting. Again, I presume that's a bit of an oversight, but it was certainly fixed for the Council meeting. Are you going to make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah, look, in terms of the contract details, the number that was published was the value of the initial term of the contract, not the uh, full term of the contract. So that's been corrected. So that was just a small process issue. The report was confidential upon request of the QAO, while some sensitive information was being clarified. And once that was rectified, the report was made publicly available uh, for the full council meeting. Okay. From the Community, Culture, Arts and Sport Committee, always a good news item, and that is reporting when the next Ipswich Show holiday will be. Yeah, whoop, whoop, uh, 17th of May, <laughs> Friday the 17th of May next year will be 151st Ipswich show. So 
please lock that in your calendar. No one has an excuse to not go. So we expect it to be a really, really fun show. I'm sure President Darren Zano and the committee and volunteers are already working on it, uh, Mia Harding. (laughs) I'm sure they are. You may know some. (laughs) Yes. From the Economic and Industry Development Committee, there was a presentation from Westmorton Health and it was a very sobering presentation. It wasn't sugar-coated. Chairman Mike Willis was very direct in his comments about the disadvantages we face as a community, and one of those examples was triple ramping. What will council now do with this information? Look, some of this information has been available for many years. It's been listed in their strategic plan, certainly since I've come to council. I remember three years ago getting the, the briefing where you could see that a third of the people that present themselves to a hospital in Westmorton have to go outside. Um, and that's a, a huge burden on the people of Ipswich because it's very expensive to park and to travel uh, there, um, as well as it's not a great outcome for our community. I also see constantly, even this week, some very negative media on the, the ramping at Ipswich and what's happening there. And we've got a really good board there. They just need the money. I know they are getting money now, but they, they need more. We, we need to, we're playing catch up. So um, I applaud the, the board and the, the CEO. Um, they're working very hard to, to get the best outcomes for the people of Ipswich. I think it's a case of, as with many uh, facilities, and I'm thinking like a sporting stadium, the facilities at the hospital, that the best thing about Ipswich is we're so close to Brisbane. And when you want this infrastructure, <laughs> the worst thing about Ipswich is how close we are to Brisbane. It is, it's definitely. And look, Michael and um, and the CEO had also spoke about the economic um, benefits of, of the health sector and what Westmorton Health do. They they produce, um, like Westmorton Health is a major driver in our economy with about $888 million input um, in 2020. So a provider of over 4,000 jobs. So they're a huge employer and obviously there's the associated allied health industries as well. So it's a not just what we need for our, our health and wellbeing, but it's a huge economic driver for us being that, that hub of, of health here. Another item we can't ignore this month is Councillor Jonick resigning from four committees uh, earlier in the month and quoted in the media as saying it's over lack of leadership in council. Mm. It's a major protest in the final months before the election. Did you know this was coming? Uh, I got told the night before, the CEO sent out an email to the, all the councils about 8.30 at night the night before. I guess it's also fair to say it's not the first run-in you've had with Councillor Jonick. Have either of you made any attempts to mend fences or find some common ground? Look, I'm not sure if this was really a protest or just politics. And as we get closer to the election in March, we'll probably see what happens. But either way, um, Councillor Johnick did not raise these concerns with me before the media. Uh, and I can honestly say um, um, my door is always open. Um, I offer the opportunity to meet up regularly with every councillor. Uh, whether they choose to take up the offer or not is up to them. I can only lead the horse to water, Alan. And I think it's really important to note that I'm actually not Councillor Johnick's boss. I'm not the boss of any of the councillors um, that the community is, and she is a community leader in her own right. So what she makes of being a committee chair or divisional councillor is up to her, and she's answerable to the community that elected her. Now there's talk that Nicole Johnick will run for mayor, in speculation in at least one of the local papers. Firstly, are you running again? Of course, I've always had the intention to run again mm-hmm. and I uh, really want to continue to improve this great city. And Look, I'll, I'll, I'll make a bit more of a media splash about it um, later on, but at the moment my focus is very much on being the Mayor and delivering great services to the people of Ipswich. So are you concerned if Nicole Jonick puts up a hand for Mayor? You know what, Alan, I, I love democracy. I encourage anyone who wants to run for Mayor or Council to, to do it. Um, we need to have a robust democracy. We saw what happened in the past when councillors and mayors weren't challenged. I think it's an important part. So if anyone wants to do it, I encourage them to do it. 
Let's move on to some fun stuff now. The Spark Festival and Dinosaurs, two significant events. Now, both were really great for the city from where I sat. Were you happy with the crowd numbers for Spark uh, and with the changed focus on Brisbane Street? Look, I haven't seen the final numbers. Obviously, I can only go on what I saw when I was out and the numbers were really great. And in particular, um, I just want to highlight it was 36 events over 11 days. So it wasn't just mm. the Delight Activation in Darcy Doyle. We had um, activities um, in Springfield, uh, Ripley, Rosewood, Rebecca Plains, District Central, you know, all over the, the city. So I think that was a really important thing that we do have that all over our city. Um, but the local restaurants and cafes and businesses in Ipswich Central, Lavern and Riverlink, they, they loved it as well. They got a huge surge. And we certainly had a lot of people who said they hadn't been to you know, Eastwood Central for some time, for some years. So it was yeah. great to see people come back and enjoy it. It's interesting you say about the cafes being open because mm. uh, on my regular catch-up with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack, uh, Walt was up there a couple of times and he said that even one night the Rusty Nail wasn't open. So he was a bit concerned that the retailers yeah. weren't taking advantage. Did you see any of that? Yeah, look, we, we let them know well beforehand um, and it's up to them. Um, they, you know, not um, I think most of them aren't open seven nights. But that's part of us developing and, mm. and keep working with them. What I quite liked with the, the dinosaurs is that we worked for some time with the cafe. So, um, you know, Stella Rossa had, you know, dinosaur-themed food. Um, you know, so we had the, the areas there, the cafes have that dinosaur theme there in, in them all, which is really great to see. Talking of the dinosaurs, I did happen to land myself uh, coming up the elevator from the car park in Tilma Place a couple of times during that time, and it was very, very busy, i got to say. Uh, the kids were mm. loving it. Yeah, we had over um, – each day we're getting over 7,000 people come in, and um, I think we had over 50,000 attendances. And even during the day, you could go into Dominic's Cafe for lunch, you could see they were busy, and again, they had dinosaur-themed stuff as well. Um, yeah, it was really great to see. I guess – my, my only thing for next time is that I think we need more face painters and more balloon twisters because <laughs> the can, queues there are about 20 minutes, I think. You can never have too many of those when there's lots of kids. <laughs> yeah. Look, on that happy note, uh, Mayor Teresa Harding, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you to listeners. Former Division 10 councillor David Palkey is back in the headlines after being punted from office when the state government dismissed all Ipswich councillors in 2018. I caught up with him earlier this week. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, David Palkey. Yeah, hi, Alan. You returned to the council chamber back on April 27th. It was the first time, I think, since 2018. Uh, but this time, as a member of the public, you were there to witness a vote about retaining former councillors' names on information signs. When did you know the sign at Cobb & Co.? Park in Rosewood had been replaced without your name? Well, I thought I noticed it earlier this year, um, but they tell me that it was replaced two years ago, and I find that a bit strange because I, I, I get in that park a fair bit walking through it, but um, it was replaced on coal two years ago. And how did you feel about that? Well, I was a little bit annoyed about my name being taken off signs because I found another sign yesterday at Hagsley I'd forgotten about, and it was 1998, 25 years ago. And that one's still intact? That's still intact. During that council meeting, Teresa Harding had a few things to say. I'll just bring up a couple of points. Do you agree with the Mayor that Ipswich is likely the only council in Australia where councillors' names are on information signs? I don't know. I haven't done any checking. I, 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 
I'm just assuming that it, that it does exist somewhere else. And I, remember, I guess remember I, though, I did a fair bit of research into the history of this area over mm, 25 years. I suppose we need to clarify too the difference between information signs and commemorative plaques. So it's totally understandable that commemorative plaques have councillors' names on them. So does Teresa Harding have a point about information signs? Well, I suppose it's history. It's history. And that's why um, it was halfway through the 25-minute debate on the removal of my name from council signs. And the mayor was obviously losing, starting to lose the debate. Nearly all councillors were simply not agreeing with her. It was looking highly likely she was going to lose a vote, and she did, big time, eight mm. votes to one. You said in one paper, uh, one local paper in the last week, that it really hurt at that moment when she was having a go. Yes, yes. Um, I did not make any comment or noise, and I felt at the time it was a personal gesture what I did. I own it. Have a, I asked listeners to have a listen to the council's live streaming as to what she was saying about me at the exact time I made the gesture. It was not nice. And what was going through your mind at that time? Well, I was surprised at the number of councillors who took my side and wanted my name to stay. That stunned me a little bit. Um, And when she made that um, comments about me, I I, I was hurt. And you just involuntarily made those hand gestures. I said, I did. I said, I got you. You're going to get shot down in flames. And I was proven correct. Eight votes to one. Three months later, the whole thing pops up on Channel 9 News. How do you think that happened and why? Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? I can understand why some would see it differently if they don't know the background. This meeting was some four months ago. Why is it in question now? Question mark, question mark. Given all the disunity going on in council and the calls in the press about lack of leadership, I gather it was probably leaked to Channel 9 to muddy the waters and give the mayor some substance. Well, the video itself appears not to have been leaked, but somebody was pointed in the right direction, so it appears. At first, I was struggling to find the clip used by Channel 9 on Council's YouTube channel, but I eventually found it one hour and 27 minutes in from the start. I was looking in the wide shot where the public gallery is behind the councillors, but it's actually tucked up on the right-hand corner at one point. Did you know that you'd been recorded? No, I did not. In fact, uh, I had to. It's one one hour twenty seven minutes twenty eight seconds exactly when when I did it. So where to from here, David Palkey? Is your name going to be restored on that information? Well, I sign? believe it. I believe it is, uh, except for that one sign. It won't be restored, but I can live with that, I suppose. Uh, as I said, some of these signs are twenty five years old, mm. um, and you know it's it's history. Um, it's history. You can't undo history. And I did a lot of research into the history of this area. It's also been widely covered that you're 70 this year. Have you 100% ruled out running at the next council election? Oh, yes, I have. You know, I was 90% sure I wasn't going to run. But, you know, if they had 10 divisions, I thought I might have thought about it. But no, no. I'm 70 years of age. Get As uh, one journalist said, get on with my life. Enjoy retirement. So, uh I'll enjoy retirement. David Palkey, thanks so much for speaking with Ipswich today. Okay. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. 
This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswitchtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.